Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and I am joined by, as always, Kyle Bradford. How's it going, Kyle? Hello, I'm here. You're, you're not going to try it. to do your Luigi voice again? No, only once. Only once, okay. Let everybody sit in suspense. We've got a, a guest today, the uh, lovely Dylan Bishop. Dylan, uh, who are you? apparently he's delivering he's luigi yes the the famous voice actor of luigi charles martinet one of his seven horcruxes has come back he's flying around my room right now so who are you dylan why do people know you uh if they do people probably shouldn't know me um i do freelance i tweet on twitter uh i don't tweet on instagram only on twitter um I draw sometimes, but mostly the freelance thing. I've 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 been up at Red Bull, VRV, PC Games in, uh, places like that. Wow, what a cool guy! So, <laughs> Dylan, oh my god, what's your uh, what's your familiarity with Detective Conan? What what kind of knowledge are you bringing with you? <clears throat> I'm bringing my first timer knowledge to this show. I figured it'd be really cool to have a fresh perspective. As some idiot that just waltzed in on episode 12 and felt like talking about it for literally no reason. Yeah, so you've never seen Conan before, so it'll be interesting to get your take on some early episodes here. Yeah. What perspectives we have on this show. Yeah. I'm the I'm the, vet- the grizzled veteran. Kyle's the, the young whipping boy with a heart full of gold. And then we've got Dylan. So... Was Kyle new to this before the show? Or He'd seen some episodes, but he wasn't super okay. familiar with it. Okay. Yeah, I saw it on like Adult Swim. Yeah, I speak for Kyle now. Damn. He We've reduced his talking role. <laughs> I answer all questions directed to him. It's technically just like one experienced person on this podcast, uh, and then me and Kyle's just in the background. He brings like, the experience the of fucking. That's what Kyle brings. Hmm. That's right. Yeah, we, we needed at here. least one here. The bottom. Kyle brings a lot of sexual mm. energy to the podcast, which is a valuable part of any podcast for sure. So we're going to talk about episodes 12 and 13 here today. And uh, the first one we're talking about is the Ayumi kidnapping case. And this aired on April 15th, 1996. Dylan, how old were you in 1996? Uh, I was two years Jesus old. Christ. Tops. Two. Uh, yeah you're you're a baby i'm sorry you were like shitting yourself when this episode came out i was also shooting myself when i watched the episode for the first time if that counts so So. not much has changed in the past powerful no 23 years clearly (laughs) 30 yeah so kyle you love the detective boys and we've got a detective boys focused episode how excited were you going into this, like knowing that uh, the case would revolve around Ayumi? Oh boy! Like the setup to this last week was pretty strange, wasn't it? What did they say in the hint? They said uh, it's going to be a strange one, or something. Yeah. Did it live up to it? <laughs> uh, that's for sure. This episode was weird as hell. Um, whenever they showed the Detective Boys badges, I was so excited. It felt like finally the Detective Boys were a thing. Yeah, they're they club weren't just now. like a cameo appearance. Huh? They're a club now. Right, which is what I've always wanted to be in. Yeah, very jealous. Well, you're in the case reopened, boys. It's a. It's not the it's same. A boys club, no girls allowed. <laughs> we're we're strictly pro MRA on this podcast. Um, so this episode starts off with Conan in full on deduction mode, and the kids are actually playing hide and go seek, and then he finds Ginta hilariously hiding in a trash can. It's like. Really not. And Kent is such a big kid too. Yeah, I I want to I want to highlight just how he finds it. I mean, like he starts out like piecing together evidence that like doesn't seem like it's really part of anything. Like he's pointing out like ice cream that's still laying on the ground, and then the exact line he uses is that I can see your big ass through the cans. <laughs> <laughs> like Gint is thick as hell. I that's love a it. good problem to have, man. Yeah. yeah. So you're impressed by how thick this first grader is? Yeah, I mean, like, Conan himself is whatever, but Gento was choice. Choice choice art right. style. He's like a, 
A triangle with an ass, I guess. <laughs> a triangle with an ass. It's a good look. Um, and then we get to see Ayomi for the first time this episode. And she's complaining that Conan is too good at hide and go seek. And then we, we get to see their communication badges that Dr. Agasa saw. And they're basically little miniature walkie-talkies they can use uh, to talk to each other. It's a really cool invention. And they'll basically have it for the rest of the rest of the series here, Kyle. Are you excited about this permanent edition? I wish I had a badge that could let me communicate with my friends like that. All I have is Twitter, I just, and that's bad. I just wish I had friends. Maybe one day. So, it's uh, Genta's turn to play detective, and Conan's hiding spot winds up being the sleeping old man that like fell asleep on a park <laughs> bench, and he weirdly just like sits on his lap. And like starts and like cuts a hole in his newspaper to like spy on his friends. Yeah, that was kind of rude. Like he paid fifty cents for that. Come on, Ken. Um, and he notices a story about a kidnapping murder case of young girls. So he, it gets pretty dark here very early. All these, all these girls are dying. And then uh, Ayumi spots him, and they start talking about the kidnappings. And we have this sweet little moment where she says she's not scared even if she gets kidnapped. Because she knows Conan will save her because they are destined to be together. So, like, this was kind of hinted at before, but, like, this is the first time that we know, like, Ayumi has a, a huge crush on Conan. What do, you, what do you think about this romantic tension, Kyle? Because you bring that to this podcast here, always flirting with our You're guests. Right. But what, what did you think about this one? Let me tell you, as an expert in the romantic field, uh, this was a rookie mistake. Clear cut very simple because we are destined to be together i mean come on i mean you you're how old is this girl she doesn't even know conan very well and this is exactly the setup this is the reason why you see what happens later on in the episode yeah you know like uh, i've made this mistake too uh, you know you start thinking about destiny and never a good call so you should only be thinking about getting booty that is it <laughs> i see thank you for the advice Kyle. especially that's why if- i'm here in this case, you are a seven-year-old, and she is also a seven-year-old. So here's or one thing I do want to know, uh, Dylan. <laughs> did you did you yeah. pick up that Conan's not actually like a, a small kid? Yeah, I watched the intro, and um, <laughs> okay, so I I had heard about this show. I I like kind of seen you two tweet about it. I never actually looked anything up about it, so I thought it was just a show about a really smart kid. And I was completely blindsided by the intro where it's like, oh, this dude was like basically in college and had his own life. And now he's suddenly seven again and it's getting hit on by a uh, a little girl in elementary school, which was also weird to watch because like, I feel like the way anime tends to lean, like modern anime tends to lean is like you're conditioned to look for relationships everywhere, like trying to ship every character so it kind of sucked when when the episode started and I instantly shipped <coughs> Ayumi and Conan. Conan. So you're shipping them. Okay. Wow. Kind of on accident. I don't. I don't like it. But so here's the discussion we have to have. We have to get philosophical because if you know me, I'm a deep thinker, <laughs> and uh, you know they're both about seven right now, and seven year olds uh, for the most part do not fuck. Um, but let's say, as far as we know, let's say. Yeah, they're, they're, who knows what seven-year-olds are doing now. But let's say Conan can't really uh, find this cure to this uh, you know, de-aging thing. And he sticks around as a kid for, let's say, you know, six, seven years. What if he's like 14 or 15? Ayumi's 14 or 15? Is he a pedophile if he, he gets, gets it on with Ayumi there? Kyle, speak on it. As the, uh, again, the, the romantic one amongst the group i'd have to say who can we judge as pedophiles i think truly it is not on us to make that call it is on the lovers themselves so a staunch defense pedophilia is a state of the mind <laughs> is age just Remember a number yeah. it's just a number. <laughs> yeah we're getting a I'm dangerous here, category here mouth agape i the cops are coming to my door to my hairline Cops are at Kyle's door. Yeah. I hear the knocking right now. Uh, Tyler's right. edited the knocking out, but I hear it. I'm getting pulled out. <laughs> Still recording, but... yeah. Dylan, what do you think? 
Would it be strange if he if he dated a a person his quote unquote age? I as a as a as a guy dating a younger woman yourself, I feel like you could speak to this. <laughs> this is like <laughs> it's so different because he still has the body of like a fourteen year old at that point. So I feel like it would be fine. Like he could just call himself an old soul in air quotes at that point. <laughs> It'd be it'd be different if he was like twenty three and trying to say he has the soul of a fourteen fifteen year old and that's why they're going out. That's I feel like that's the the delineation between the two. So like, your own romance is more problematic. You're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> what would Professor Agassa say to this whole scenario? Agassa's voxel. <laughs> now we'll learn about Agassa's love life um, very much later in the series, but there's a. A few great episodes to about it. that. Uh, so Ginta finally spot. Oh yeah. So can we just talk about Conan sitting on this old guy's lap? Like how weird is that? <laughs> like he just gets right um, up in there. He snuggles in. Like so, is the old guy a pedophile for being able to sleep through a child being on his yeah, lap? Is, do you we know think he he's wasn't sleeping, sleeping, or do we think he's, he's not up? sleeping? He woke up. And he saw that happening, and he was like, "No, oh, I gotta play this like I'm asleep. Ooh. It's pretty nice. Just, just gonna play this in my ear." And yeah. uh, he was wide awake. I agree. Uh, so Genta finally spots Conan, and then uh, he distracts Genta so Ayumi can dart off, and she hides in a trunk of a car, which she deserved everything that was about to happen to her this episode. What an utter idiot who climbs in the open trunk of a car. Dog, it's hide and seek. I don't care. I don't care if it's hide and seek. I don't care if you're seven. You're an idiot. She didn't get there to lose. She came to win. Yeah, she's a winner. She has a winning attitude, unlike you. <laughs> well, Dylan. this is why you've always no, been mean, a like, loser. No, no, life. no. He, here's the thing, though. Like, I'm not saying that she was going to win hide and seek. I respect that. But like, beyond that, why, why, why should, why should they have cared? She won. Like, that's fine. <laughs> Just let him drive off. Yeah, she's the winner. She would have been fine anyway. We'll get to that, but. Okay. It's true. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we f- we get to see Mitsuhika's fabulous disguise here, where he like taped on a bunch of branches to his head, and he was just hiding in a in a shrub. Like my God, dude. <laughs> uh, and then we get to see another exciting invention, which is Conan's electric-powered skateboard. What do you think about this, Kyle? How cool is that? That was out of nowhere yeah, and extreme. Solar powered, so as long as the sun's out. I love that it was solar powered. Well, yeah, he loves <laughs> the environment. We stand in an environmentally conscious uh, seven-year-old. I mean, if you had a solar powered uh, motorized skateboard, do you think it'd be able to go as fast as a car? I mean, this also has a turbo engine, as they point out. So, uh, uh, It's like that Redline movie. Yeah. The one thing it doesn't have, I noticed, is a battery to actually store that energy. It's just like continuously like getting energy from the sun and using it immediately and just it has that constant cycle. As soon it's as called the efficiency, sunset. Dylan. Well, I mean I, I feel like a battery's probably pretty you efficient. Can't wait but down. That's what you want to call it, yeah. Don't you like like that's whenever we're eating, right? Like you gotta be running while you're eating, or else all that energy is just gonna get <laughs> transformed into fat, you know? Yeah, shove, I, shove a taco I, in your face and be running. I forgot about my daily uh, treadmill breakfast. That's right, treadmill breakfast. It's hard out there. So nobody can find Ayumi, but uh, we have a scene here where Mitsuhiko asks Conan what his relationship is with Ayumi, and he's like, "Uh, we're, she's just a friend." And then, so we now we know Mitsuhiko has a major crush on Ayumi, and then. Disgusting. Shortly afterwards, we find out that Ginta also has a crush on Ayumi. So, Kyle, Disgusting. who are you rooting for to win Ayumi's heart? The skateboard. The skateboard. Ayumi don't need either of them. I'm, I I like the pairing of Mitsu. Ah, no, no. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to get Ginta Ayumi. That's what I'm rooting for. Is it because of his butt? He has. He's thick. And I feel like Ayumi... Uh, can look past that and appreciate it. That's what I'm saying. Look past it. That's that's the quality. She can appreciate it. Yeah. Um. That's right. What about you, uh, Dylan? I know you were shipping Conan Ayumi. 
But have you, were you switching any allegiances here? I think Ginta uh, is too hot for an idiot that climbs into the back of a trunk. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he deserves much better. Much, 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 much better. So they see the car drive off, and then uh, a little bit of time passes, and then Conan uh, uses the communicator and he says, Hey, Ayumi, come in. And they don't hear anything. Then she wakes up. She fell asleep in this trunk. Like, she really did. I'm getting, like, on Dylan's side. Like, she's really stupid. You've never done that? You never played hide and seek and fallen asleep? (laughs) No. See, actually, Kyle, I have. But the thing is, unlike Ayumi, I woke up and remembered where I was. She wakes up and the first thing she says is like, what the fuck happened? Like, where am I? Like, she, she. Yeah, that's fair. I can't. Well, that. women yeah. are like programmed to where if they just mist- like oh, wake God. up, they're like, "Oh, was I date raped?" Like that's immediately where their mind goes. So that's what Ayumi was thinking. But then this is like, the worst podcast. This is the worst podcast. How's this the worst part? <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to many other bad podcasts, but this is the worst of the of the ones I have listened to. I agree. It's good. Um. So she wakes up. <laughs> she finds a hundred million yen in the back of this car. And uh, she's all excited, and the boys are like, oh, wow, just think of what we can spend it on. And then she finds a plastic bag, and she's like, hmm, this is slippery. And then she reaches in, and Conan's like, don't touch it. And so she pulls it out, and it's a woman's head, Kyle. That was uh, that was pretty crazy. I'm not going to lie, I panicked a little bit before Yumi in there. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a sweet, nice episode. And then there was a decapitated head. Yeah, it turned dark very quickly here. Kyle, uh, not Kyle, we don't care about you, Kyle. Dylan, what were you thinking <laughs> hey. after all this went down? Uh, I suddenly realized I had no clue what the show was about. I thought it was like this happy-go-lucky show about like this just super smart kid figuring out normal crimes, and then suddenly it's a 20-year-old trapped in a child's body, and there's... A decapitated head in a trunk. I feel like that's a, a normal who's... crime. Is it? Ish. I, I mean, I guess. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, no, 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 no. We get this fun scene where Yumi spots the head and she screams. And they're like, huh. And the, the people driving the car, they hear it. And the, they go out. They stop. And they go check. They're going to check the trunk. But... Thankfully for her, she's nearby a theme park, and she hears uh, they hear a bunch of kids screaming from the uh, roller coaster adjacent to them. So they're like, "Oh, it was just that." Then Conan, can you imagine getting out of your car, about to check the trunk, and then like seeing the roller coaster and being, "Oh, it must be that." Oh, it makes sense. It's a fact. You're not going to open the trunk. You're there. I've already stopped and opened it, so I might as well just shut it before I actually check, and then. Keep going. It's more work. I would give up. <laughs> I quit almost everything. So yeah, that's why you're not like Ayumi getting kidnapped. You're not that a winner. It's true. Clearly, um, Conan tells her to stay quiet and that he will track her down. So Conan takes out his skateboard and he's standing on it, and then suddenly it grows in size thanks to the animators, and the other two kids are able to hop on his skateboard, and they start just going weaving through traffic and uh they are the the, the chase is on kyle they start uh you know just just weaving through stuff we have some funny scenes here where like they're riding through like traffic and he jumps on a bus and he's just skating on the wall of a bus vehicle then he takes out some pedestrians like we we have a fun chase scene where they kind of just go through a bunch of like he gets information from Ayumi, uh, and she's like, oh, I'm hearing a lot of stopping and going. He's like, oh, construction. And then, like, the, this goes on for a little bit. And then finally, they wind up getting a, uh, getting close to the correct car. And that's when Ayumi, she's so stupid. She looks at the bag again for some reason, and, and then she, like, sees the head, and she screams again and faints. Like on girl you know you're supposed to be quiet didn't she like didn't she get like they turned real hard or something and like yeah she got she thrown into, into the it? bag well but she knew she knew that there was a head there it's not like you just forget hold on 
Don't be Peyton, my girl Ayumi, like she's a dummy. She's a winner. <laughs> she's no, a she got she she's got put into this situation. This is not her fault. So she got thrown into the trunk of that car against her will. Another <laughs> perfectly normal crime. Literally kidnapped, in every possible sense of the word. Yeah. So she steals this head. Or sorry, no. The boys steal his hose, and then they attach that as a rope to the car that Ayumi's in. And so they finally get them to stop. They crash into the back, which is kind of a funny scene. And then the mysterious men, they get out of the car. They open the trunk. They see Ayumi. She screams. And then Conan uses his powered shoes to hit a, a random guy's motorcycle helmet to knock one of them out. And then he's like, hey, you, we know you're the serial killer. It's over for you. And uh, then we get the big reveal here, because he goes, you morons, take a closer look. These are props, and uh, they're actually actors for a play. What did you think of this twist, Kyle? Oh, beautiful. 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 This is why I watch this show. I mean, not only do we have this grand romance between Conan and Ayumi, but to end on this note, comedic genius. Shakespeare himself. Fuck him. Fuck Shakespeare. Why, why are you saying anti-Shakespeare? Why am I anti-Shakespeare? Because yeah. I'm not from the 1600s. I see. That's the oh, time period, right? I thought you meant that you wanted to fuck Shakespeare. I'm like, Kyle. No, 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 no. He's been not into white men. Dylan, white what's, man, your, what's your thoughts on Shakespeare? And what did you think about this twist ending here? Shakespeare is okay. As far as the twist, I echo everything Kyle said. This is why I tune into this show week after week for this. This is your first episode. Hardcore fans this, like us. Hardcore this, fans. Yeah, this highbrow uh, writing and epic storytelling. Are you being sarcastic? I thought it was a fun ending. Not, no, it, it was. I'm, I'm just throwing a twist on it. I, I hate what the writers are doing with the later seasons, though. They're moving away from these good, these good character development scenes and going more towards fights and wars and CGI stuff. This isn't stuff Game and, of Thrones. <laughs> but no, the, 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 the twist was, it was really clever. Um like, it actually did catch me off guard. It felt, I don't know, it felt a little contrived. Like, I feel like most twists like this in any other show or movie would have more hints, like, laced throughout the episode. But I guess that would be kind of pointless Not to Detective do. Not Detective Conan. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be kind of pointless to do in a show like this. Dylan's like, like man, I really long. wish this little girl actually got cap, uh, decapitated. <laughs> it was really underwhelming when it was just a prop. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I mean, gonna lie. I, I I agree. I agree with what Dylan's saying. I think also to the point where like I I feel like this whole show is based up on a on false truths to the point where every single episode there's some sort of twist. So this twist in particular was very entertaining just because it was it was not like it wasn't oh, a bad it. twist. Yeah, yeah. It was just like oh, actually you're all stupid. Yeah, I thought this was so a was fun nice. action episode. I, I love the scenes at the the skateboard. I thought those were really well done. And we have a great post credit scene where the boys have to wind up participating in the play and they're all standing on each other's shoulders and Conan's like forgetting his lines and he has to ask Ginta for him. Like just hilarious. It was super cute. So cute. And then we see uh, Kagero trying to hit on this, this girl and Rand just fucking elbows down on him. Gives him that like uh, 12 to 6 elbow. Just great scenes and then ayumi's playing the uh the deadhead like ah, uh, i just love that whole play bit like that was a great payoff to the entire episode definitely so dylan that was your first episode of detective canon what did you think um i actually really enjoyed it um i think the the small touches i know i missed the introduction of the like the powered up shoes so i was Kind of confused on how he could kick that hard for a seven-year-old. Um, but I think those um, would be a really fun way to like introduce new beats into storylines in later episodes. I liked the twist. I liked the the weird juxtaposition of it being like a kid's show with like that kind of darker uh, thematic elements thrown into it. It was cool. And then, Kyle, I know you're a big Detective Boys fan. Uh, did this live up to the hype? No, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit let down. I thought they would be able to do more, and it was really just Conan and Ayumi, really, for the whole episode. But the rest of it was super fun, So, and I think the twist made it worth it. And don't worry. We'll get, we'll get plenty more with the Detective Boys down the line. 
And then I, I forgot to ask this, but have either of you been kidnapped? We like to bring up past trauma on this show. Uh, Dylan, have you been kidnapped? I don't think so. I've also never... I take that back. One time I willingly hopped into the trunk of a car. <laughs> Sick. So you are a winner. I am a winner, I guess. But right. to be fair, it was it was not a car of a random person. It was a friend's trunk. Uh, and I was not seven. I was probably around... 17 and i got stuck in the trunk with my legs flailing out and i couldn't get out of it and the entire high school girls track team saw me and sat there and laughed with our spanish teacher so damn that was fun that's hilarious yeah (laughs) that's badass i have a great love life by the way just wanted to throw that out there high school was we don't need you did you go on and fuck all those girls yeah yeah. that's how that happened yeah did you gift any of them a a care bear and have it thrown back at you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i feel like i've got everybody beat when it comes to, <laughs> it comes to sad tales um so kyle uh you you were a badass in in your school days i'm assuming nobody would target you for a kidnapping right they know better uh no i was the kidnapper actually. have you Ooh. have you like i know you stole game boys you stole the hearts of uh, <laughs> many young lasses. But did you ever steal an actual human? Did you, have you done any oh, human yeah, I'm trafficking? On the, I'm on the run from the cops right now, actually. So this podcast is, you know, I'm, I'm pushing the limit here. But, you know, I'm out here trying to make content. So we get the next Conan's hint for episode 13, which is 1 billion yen. So let's keep that in mind. As I really like that guy's voice, by the way. I feel like we've never said that. What guy? I love the guy who says... Next, Conan Hint. Oh, yeah, that is a really good voice clip. Yeah. And the announcer's great. And so that we'll move on to episode 13, the strange person hunt murder case. This aired April 22nd, 1996. So they were so close to 420, but two days off. How old were you? Tyler? I was four. Wow, so you were just maybe barely not shitting your pants yes i I was wearing big boys you know i was a cool kid (laughs) big boys big boys pull-ups i don't know just big boys (laughs) you're making it you're making it sound like you still shit your pants you just want to like sidestep around that fact no i did i just i just wouldn't call them pants at that point thank you very much (laughs) <laughs> hey man some people some people wear wear baby some diapers wear some some people wear big boys <laughs> uh, so episode 13 starts with Conan reading about a robbery case and then we get to see Dr. Gossa give him another new invention we are all in on inventions these two episodes and he gets these glasses that have a tracker attached to him and it can be detected up to 20 kilometers. Uh, so, Dylan, every episode mm-hmm. you've seen so far, all these crazy inventions, do you think, like, uh, this is a thing that's going to keep happening? Like, there's going to be a new ep- new invention each episode? I think it'd be cool if so. Like, it'd turn into this dumb kind of Pokemon-style thing, but I'm, I'm not naive enough for that. I feel like it probably slows down hardcore as the show goes on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it is. But, uh, Cal, what do you think about these glasses? They're pretty cool. Uh, yeah, out of all the inventions we've seen so far, this makes more sense, especially from last week's fax machine, or two weeks ago. Yeah, it was a bento box fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, is so only seen one I, once. At least shockingly. I can get it. <laughs> I mean, really, they're just ahead of the curve. This is a Google Glass, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, and then we go back to Kagero's uh, office and we're introduced to this young woman named Masami Hirota and she says that she has a missing father. She says she, he was working for a taxi company but has been missing for a month. Uh, Kagero quickly accepts the case and then she gives him a picture of her father and says he has four cats named Kai, Tai, Go, and O. Conan then goes to test his tracker on Ron then he slips what a klutz and he accidentally puts it on masami's watch 
and then she starts crying and she's talking about how her mother is dead and that the father is her last remaining relative so she's introduced as this very uh very like a, a character you can feel bad for and then uh, i kind of fast forwards a bit and koguro is not having much luck finding her father and then they hear a horse race on tv and the winning horse was named Gokai Tai O, which was the name of all the cats. And Conan's like, hey, that's something. But then he's like, ah, it couldn't be that easy. But Ron spots the piece of paper that he had and she puts it together. And she's like, hey, we have to get to the horse track. And Conan and Kagero are like, it's not going to be that easy. You don't just track people down like this. And then immediately, once they get to the horse races, she spots the guy. Like, I just, I love that little scene, just seeing her on, like, uh, you know, just, she was correct, and everybody else, all the know-it-alls were wrong. I know. Yeah. How, how did that feel, Kyle? Ron is the only competent human in this entire show, so, I love it. And then, Dylan, what were your thoughts on uh, Masami here? Because uh, she has quite the sob story. I mean... There, there's not much to think about her. Like, they, they kind of set it up as, like, this character you're probably not going to see for the rest of the episode. Um, so I just kind of, like, brushed her off, honestly. I was like, yeah, they're going to find her dad. It's going to be the whole episode. It's whatever. Um, and, you know, she only has one living relative. So uh, let's play our favorite relatable game. How many living relatives do you have? Kyle, how much <laughs> of your immediate family is dead? <laughs> <laughs> so they follow the father back to his house and then they call masami oh grandma i miss you <laughs> condolences kyle um oh no masami kyle, no. i just i just want to say i'm really sorry for your loss if you if you need to reach out we follow each other on twitter you can just slide in my dms Mama. I, I just want to say pathetic in this situation than Tyler. I just want to say to any female followers uh, listening to the show, um, if they're going through a rough time, my DMs are wide open. You're disgusting. Mine are not. I'm taken. But I'm pro- you probably do have open DMs, don't you, Dylan? Me? Yeah. You seem like that kind of guy. Uh, I can't remember. I might have turned them off after Twitter arguments ensued at one point. I can't remember. Oh, wow, we're randoms jumping into your DMs trying to start shit? N- no, I just get really paranoid sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, Masami's reunited with her father, and he's very shocked when he sees his daughter. And then Conan notes that she looks slightly different because she's wearing makeup and she looks more mature. Um, but they, they don't really think anything of it. And then they leave, and they congratulate... Uh, Kigoro is... Just congratulating himself on a case well done. And they spot this mysterious man outside. The very next day, they find out the father was dead. Um, It was a hanging, and the landlord said that the police determined it was a murder. So this case just totally is flipped on its head. It goes from a missing person case to this crazy murder. And then Kagero goes to meet with Meguri to find out more about the case and they find out that masami's glasses were still in the room so it's likely that she's was either taken by the murderer or she's dead as well ron starts crying but kagero uh consoles her and he says hey she might still be alive we can't give up right now conan then remembers this tracker and he notes the signal and he follows it to a pachinko parlor and he bumps into this tall, menacing man that kicks him out of the building. And then his batteries run out on his glasses. And so he has to go back home. And then, uh, what did you think of this mysterious man, Kyle? Very scary. What was he doing in a pachinko parlor was my main question. He's probably playing like pachinko. big old tough guy. Is that just, uh, is that what you do with your free time if you're a big <laughs> tough guy? Yeah, I gamble. Pachinko? How much money do you get from a pachinko? I don't know. There's a Metal Gear Solid Pachinko, so maybe he just enjoys Kojima's. That's the extent art. of my knowledge, too. Yeah. Watching Snake Eater. Hell yeah. 
love to watch snakes get eaten. So then, uh, they get uh, Conan goes back to the Mori Detective Agency, and then Ron spots a mysterious man outside, and they note that it was the same guy that was lurking there who wrote his apartment. So she leaps out the window like a total badass, and then she the guy starts running because this woman just jumped down 15 feet and started chasing after him. And then she breaks his car window and drags him out of the car. <laughs> Hell yeah. And like, what a great scene for Ron. How, how badass is she, Kyle? That's the coolest scene in the whole show. <laughs> I love whenever she just drops down like a superhero. That was such a good jump kick. Yeah, she... You forget sometimes she's a kar- karate master. Is she really? Oh my god. Yeah, she's a martial Dude. artist. They should start saying that every time she pops into the episode for adults who start at episode 12. Yeah, they really should. Um, so the man's like, hey, I'm not a killer. I'm actually a detective just like you. I was hired by uh, that tall guy, Akira. And that's why I bumped into you. And then uh, they compare notes. And it the, the stories are not jiving at all. And uh, so all the information's conflicting. But not before we have this hilarious scene where... Uh, Maury asks him why he's wearing these glasses and he takes them off and he just has the like most unassuming like cute little face with these big huge eyes and Conan and Kegaro just are laughing at him so bad I, just, I really love that scene big eyes <laughs> what a goober he really is and then let's see here Conan's trying to think through the case, and he was wondering why his transmitter led him to Akira. And he's like, huh, maybe that means she is actually already dead. Professor winds up fixing uh, Conan's glasses, and he tells him that one guard was killed in the one billion yen robbery case that happened earlier. And it was done by three individuals. So that's a, a hint for us. to Because if you remember, the Conan clue was one billion yen, so that should pique your interest there. Conan then uses glasses and they trace him to a hotel. They just ask the front desk if a very tall man was there. And I'm like, oh yeah, room 802. <laughs> Which seems like not the greatest security. Like, I wouldn't... If somebody was tracking me down, like stalkers and stuff, I wouldn't want the staff to just tell them where I was. That seems like a... Well, see, I thought the same thing at first. But they're detectives, right? Like, do they have police badges or anything? Because I feel like that would be... Not officially. Like... They're, they're a private eye. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Like, that's kind of shady to just be like, oh, yeah, you took a random picture of one of our guests. Yeah, he's, I would he's leave a negative suite. review for that hotel. What, what if they had a Sherlock Holmes hat? Well, that changes things entirely. Because, you know, I trust people with those hats. I know that they're doing God's work. They're also really hard to get. You, I mean, like, have you if, looked if you're into determined this? enough to... Yeah, if you're determined enough to get a Sherlock Holmes hat, you have to be legit. What are they called? Sherlock Holmes hat. Oh, that's the official term? I have no idea. There's a name. Aren't they, like, Fox something? Uh, Voxel hats. Not Voxel, like Fox... <laughs> Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, no, fox hats are a thing. What are they called? Fox hats. They are called deer stalkers. So, that's what it is. Uh, I knew it was an animal. Right, because it's like a hunting thing. And they go to room 802. And uh, they're interrupted as they're trying to get up. This elevator opens. And they spot this woman that looks mysteriously like Masami. But they kind of just don't notice her. Uh, but when they get into the room, Akira is dead, Kyle. We have death number two of the episode. This one I thought was way more brutal than it ended up being. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, how he was laying and, like, he spit stuff out, right? Yeah, he was poisoned. Yeah, it, right. he, he, he had, like, coughed up blood onto his shirt, but it's not clear that he coughed that up at first. So it looks like he's been, like, stabbed or shot in the chest when they first walked in. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, Kogoro assumes it's a, a suicide... And then Conan finds him wearing Masami's watch. And then they note that there's a bunch of empty briefcases. And Kogoro then gets a call from Megari who says that Hirota didn't have a kid at all. So that means that their client was lying. Masami was lying to them. Conan then has a, you know, a little 
glimpse of uh, brilliance and he's like, oh, I know what happened here. They were members of the robbery group. Hirota was the getaway driver because that's why he had that taxi job so he could get to know all the all the routes and such. And then he betrayed his partners after taking all the money. Then the other members used fake identities to find him. And that Masami was the culprit and mastermind. He then notices that the woman that passed them earlier was her. And then Conan follows her and so does Ron. And we get this really great scene where they see her get into a taxi. And then Ron cuts in line and she's like, My do- my father is dying in the snow mountains. We gotta go get him. So back <laughs> off. And then the taxi driver is like so shocked when she says follow that cab. He's like, you don't want to go to the snow mountains? <laughs> I love that scene. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, Conan then blames himself uh, for not figuring this out sooner, and they soon find themselves at the docks. Conan finds Masami there, who's confronted by a man in black named Okita, who says that she her real name is Miyano Akimi. She then says that the sleeping drugs she was given were actually tainted, and that's how Akira died. Akita's, Akita's reasoning for killing him was that if a thug like him got the money, he'd spend it recklessly and attract police attention. So he had him killed. Uh, Masami then kind of pieces everything together and she realizes that he's trying to kill everybody that he hired for this case and that he was the actual mastermind behind everything. Akita goes to shoot her and Conan uses his powered shoes to knock him out. But he still gets a shot off. It only hits her in the shoulder, though. So it looks like she's going to be okay. Uh, Kyle, what did you think of this this dramatic scene at gunpoint? So this feels like uh, they are going over well-trodden ground pretty quickly. Um, because last week we had that great two-part episode where uh, the lady turned out to be a part of the stuff. It was very elaborate and and very interesting so whenever they did it again in this episode i was a little bit disappointed and uh they also had another time where he kicked a thing with the power shoes so uh i don't know if that's an every episode occurrence but uh i think they're getting a bit overzealous with that one tone it tone it down is all i'm asking who's the guy that wrote this gesho the manga creator oyama yeah a hack total hack Dylan, what always hated his work. What did you think about this uh, little ending scene here? Uh, I I liked the twist. Um, I'm kind of with Kyle on the sh- like the kick though. Uh, even just in these two episodes, like he just resolves everything by kicking something at someone's head, and it like it always like hones in on their head too. Like he never misses. Well, he played and a then... lot of soccer as a kid. He was a top level soccer. Oh player. yeah, you're right. And then now now he gets back into muscle memory because he's a kid again. Yeah, um, exactly. And then, like, the kick works a second time in this episode. Like, it bounces off a wall. Don't jump Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Don't jump ahead. Come on. You know. You know, yeah, that the the one time he kicked was, it was cool, (laughs) but it it just felt like a little too much kicking for two episodes. I like the violence. I like people getting concussions. I feel like criminals (laughs) deserve to get concussed. No, no, no. I'm with you. I just, do do they add in other means of him giving people concussions later on or is it always that kick uh, i think we're gonna have some creative concussions down the line okay good and uh, why can't he just kick a guy you know why does yeah. he have to kick a thing and then it hits that the would guy? probably like make them explode i feel like that's too much time <laughs> i mean the killer that's that's an okay end goal if they're a criminal Conan but... doesn't want people to die no this isn't doctor who who cares so we get this little scene between Ken and Masami. Um, he tells her that he tracked her down with a transmitter and that he's a t- detective. She comes clean about the case and admits that Akito is the mastermind. They start to hear police sirens. And to Conan's surprise, he says she won't try to hide or escape. She then admits that uh, where the one billion yen is hidden, but Conan already knows where. It's at the front desk. And that's he knew that because she didn't have the suitcases with her when she was getting into the taxi cab. Akita then wakes up and vows to kill them both, but Conan once again knocks him out rather quickly. It was kind of like an anticlimactic like, thing to have him like rise up again and then just quickly get hit again with the ball. Like That was kind of like dumb. A total punk. 
And then the police arrive and arrest everyone, and they retrieve the money. And then Akimi says, thank you, little Detective DeConan, before being taken away in handcuffs. Uh, did you think the ending was sweet, Kyle? Are you glad that she didn't, uh, that she only got shot in the arm? She gave herself up. I do like it whenever the bad guys are like thankful to Conan, like that old guy at the uh, museum, like that. Whenever villains have like a bit of a heel turn at the end, there, that's always nice. And then, uh, Dylan, what was your thoughts here? I hate to just keep agreeing with Kyle, but he keeps saying good things. So I'm right. Um. About everything. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's just always right. But no, I mean I I did like it. I feel like you know, the storyline was set up in a pretty good way to this point for everything to, to wrap up and I mean it feels kinda weird that she just accepts that he's a seven year old that like figured everything out on his own and just <laughs> thanks him like that. But I mean, other than that it was it was a it was a great little arc. Well, let me tell you something. This is one of the biggest fuck ups in the entire anime. I would say it is the biggest fuck up um, because in the manga, uh, she dies. She doesn't get shot in the shoulder. She gets like shot in the vital organs and what she winds up dying in this case. And they have a very emotional. Why is that better? They have this emotional scene at the very end. And uh, she winds up being a more, we won't see her for another uh, 100 episodes, but she winds up being a key character. <laughs> I'll say that much. Oh wow! And they wait. What they actually have to? We do this entire episode, Kyle. So you'll get to watch this again on 120 episodes. Um, I'm so lost because she was supposed to die. Wait, hold on, hold on. So she comes back and is a main character, and then they kill her. She's not really a main same... character, but like she, her death is meaningful. That's what I'll say. Oh, are you saying that because the this event in the comic or the ma- the manga is is impactful to conan yeah and also uh guess what okita was an anime original creation originally it was the, the men in black kyle man when okita came out with that long hair i was like oh man are we getting to some some main story stuff and of course yeah not, so this but... is like a, a key main story moment in the manga and then they just stripped all that for this and let her live what? okay so i gotta be transparent here for a second like i this whole episode i was really really bummed because i'm feeling that that feeling when you're watching an anime where you just want to get to the main story and you keep going through filler and that's this whole show so like and for the most part, this show has been great. It's been very varied. I've been able to keep up a pace and we only watch two episodes a week. So it's not that big of a deal. But this episode, I was, for whatever reason, very strongly craving some main story stuff with what is it? What are they called? The black the black organization, the black organization. That's what I want. And it's to supposed to. to be there. Yeah. So now I'm sad. Yeah. But even though I want that lady to live, I want her to live. Don't worry. 120 episodes from now, you will get that story content. <laughs> because they have to retcon it very quickly because they did not know where Oyama was going with this. Um Well he's a hack. Just, so just know we'll see we'll see her again. We will see her again. So Dylan, since this was the very first time that you watched two episodes of Detective Conan, I want to get your thoughts on the series. What did you think after watching two episodes? Uh you kind of just had a random entry point. But like, uh, what did you think of it? I, I, I mean, the random entry point was like a little bit jarring, um, but I, I actually liked it. Uh, I think the only thing I didn't like about it is knowing that it's from the '90s and it's at like 900 episodes at this point. Like, if, if it had a newer, like, better jumping on point, I feel like I would actually keep going. Um, but the fact that it's so hard to find, that probably won't happen. But I really like. How I mentioned earlier, it's it, it goes back and forth between like really charming and really dark all the time. Like there's that weird tug and pull that I don't know. There's there's just something kind of captivating about. Yeah, it, it has a good sense of humor, and like even though there's like these grisly murders, uh, there there's a lightness to the to the show that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like seeing people suffer. <laughs> I just want the world to be as unhappy as I am. So Kyle. Uh, it seemed like you put this as kind of like a bottom bottom tier episode of what you've seen so far. 
Just you. you were... This later one. Yeah, I liked that first episode a lot, but this one. Yeah. So that'll do it for that, and then we get next Conan's hint for next week, which is calculator. So we'll see how that comes into play. And he's gonna type boobies. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna type boobies, and that's the hint. <laughs> Man, did you guys ever have the uh, the graphing calculators, Kyle? Yeah, like the. Did you have like Texas Instruments installed into it? Yeah, I put like uh, Super Mario Bros on it and stuff. You had Super Mario Bros. Damn, jeez, yeah, that was a cool kid. I just had like. Did you steal that out down. of someone's Game Boy? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't me. mean to talk over you, Tyler. I'm gonna. Who's Tyler? Beat you up. My name's Travis. Travis bitch. <laughs> What was your favorite graphing calculator game, Dylan? Or do they do they not have those in West Virginia? Listen, uh, they have the calculators. I just I didn't put anything on there. I don't know. I, maybe I'm not nerd enough to be on this show. Damn, you're such a. He, he, you didn't even know you could play games on there. Yeah, I found out like uh, I'd say like my senior year, and at that point, I'm like, it's too late in the game. Like, I can't, you know, at a, at a certain point, like, You're when all you business. find, yeah, like, when you find out there's something good in the world that you've missed out on the entire time, <laughs> you're like, I might as well just skip out, because then I'm gonna hate the other three years of high school that I could have wasted playing Mario Bros. in the back of pre-cal. Yeah, like, as, as a, as a voxel, that's how I was when I found out about pussy, I was like, huh, I'm just gonna forego <laughs> this entirely. You can do what? Who needs this? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, my man. Dylan, thank you for coming on the podcast this week. It was our pleasure. Uh, but where can people find you if they want to keep up with the adventures of Mr. Dylan Bishop? Uh, if you want to keep up with me, you can find me over at Twitter. Uh, my name, handle, whatever it's called, is at Dilbill, D Y L underscore B Y L. Um, you can also find me in real life, but please don't. Yes, yeah, so it's just go to West Virginia. Um, any town there, you have like a 50-50 shot of finding him. It's a very small state. Yeah. And he's got nothing better to do than to just roam West Virginia going, my name's Dylan. Yep. <laughs> my name's Dylan, y'all. Do you, you, you hear from Case Reopened? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and speaking of Case Reopened, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Case underscore Reopened can follow me at tyler trees and then kyle where can they get the the many musings of mr bradford oh you can find me at twitter on i mean on twitter at spirit and soul soul like the city so s-e-o-u-l i'm just waiting for you to misspell soul one of these times because i feel like it's gonna happen yeah probably has already to be honest and that'll do us for this week. We'll be back next week with two more exciting Detective Canon episodes. Bye. Bye. See ya.